Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lisa H., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee. Today is Wednesday, December 30th, 2020, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we're reading from the big book um, from page 25 at the end of the first sentence, the asterisk um, that talks about spiritual experiences and leads us to Appendix 2, which is entitled Spiritual Experience, on page 567, and we'll be reading and commenting on all eight paragraphs. Today's readers are, for the 12 Steps, Nina R., the 12 Traditions, Yvette L., and readers of the text, Matt J.F., Larry K., and Barbara E. Our newcomer greeter is Reva P., and our second-hour host is Nancy P., The reference number for yesterday, Tuesday, December the 29th, 2020, the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 16,087. That's 16087. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Nina R. to please read the 12 steps. Hi, this is Nina R., uh, recovering anorexic and bulimic from New York City with the 12 steps. One. We admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made the decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed, became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, 
Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks, Lisa. Have a good Thank day. you, uh, Nina R. And I will now ask Yvette L. to please read the 12 traditions. Good morning. My name is Yvette L. and I'm a recovered compulsive eater in New Britain, Connecticut. Uh, 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you, Yvette L. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. Um, we're in, in, uh, uh, in, there is a solution on page 25, and the asterisk on the second paragraph um, leads us to read appendix two that begins on page 567 with the terms of spiritual experience and ends with Herbert Spencer. And we will be reading and sharing on all eight paragraphs. And I'll now ask Matt J.S. to please get us started. Thank you, Lisa. Good morning, everyone. Appendix two, 
spiritual experience. The terms spiritual experience and spiritual awakening are used many times in this book, which upon careful reading shows that the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism has manifested itself among us in many different forms. Yet it is true that our first printing gave many readers the impression that these personality changes or religious experiences must be in the nature of sudden and spectacular upheavals. Happily for everyone, this conclusion is erroneous. In the first few chapters, a number of sudden revolutionary changes are described. Though it was not our intention to create such an impression, many alcoholics have nevertheless concluded that in order to recover, they must acquire an immediate and overwhelming God consciousness, followed at once by a vast change in feeling and outlook. Among our rapidly growing membership of thousands of alcoholics, such transformations, though frequent, are by no means the rule. Most of our experiences are what the psychologist William James calls the educational variety, because they develop slowly over a period of time. Quite often, friends of the newcomer are aware of the difference long before he is himself. He finally realizes that he has undergone a profound alteration in his reaction to life, that such a change could hardly have been brought about by himself alone. What often takes place in a few months could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. With few exceptions, our members find that they have tapped an unsuspected inner resource, which they presently identify with their own conception of a power greater than themselves. Most of us think this awareness of a power greater than ourselves is the essence of spiritual experience. Our more religious members call it God consciousness. Most emphatically, we wish to say that any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problems in the light of our experience can recover, provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. He can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. We find that no one need have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery, but these are indispensable. Quote, there is a principle which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That, prin that principle is contempt prior to investigation. Herbert Spencer. I am uh, Matt J.F., a recovered compulsive overeater in Kentucky. And uh, this appendix does such a wonderful job laying out especially for a newcomer, uh, why a, a belief in a power greater than ourselves is, doesn't need to be a barrier to recovery. Um, <clears throat> I came to this program a devout agnostic. <clears throat> I was fairly certain that there was something out in the universe, some organizing principles, some intention that was you know, obviously much, much greater than me. It was like on a cosmic level. But I was much more convinced that it had absolutely nothing to do with me, you know, street level math. And <clears throat> it was uh, it was in a meeting room. Uh, when I came to the program, I sort of came crashing through the first three steps. I wasn't looking for the program. The program sort of found me at the, you know, 
it, it was a weird journey. But I came crashing through the first three steps and didn't really know what my conception of a higher power was. But the way that it all happened so quickly and so certainly sort of cemented for me, like I, I, I didn't have to have belief initially, but I was willing to suspend my disbelief. I was willing to suspend that belief that whatever was out there in the universe uh, didn't have anything to do with me because circumstances had clearly demonstrated that wasn't true. And it wasn't until I was in a room uh, and heard someone read aloud for you know the umpteenth time the words, uh, we had to accept the proposition that either God is nothing or God is everything, that I realized in a, in a very short period of time that that was the only conception of my higher power that did make sense to me, that God was everything. I didn't believe nothing, so therefore everything. And that was such an incredible gift to receive because if God is truly everything, then everything that had ever happened in my life to that moment, in that moment, and going forward was exactly what was supposed to happen. So what was I doing having all of these feelings about all that stuff? Resentment and grief and regret and guilt and anger and shame. It was all supposed to be that way. And that was the moment when I, I was, I, I remember in the room being like, I'm good. That works for me. Uh, it is not a religious conception of a higher power. It's a spiritual conception of one. And although it is simplistic, it solves every problem for me. And so I'm grateful for that, uh, that experience and awakening. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Matt, JF. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you shared um, on the line on Monday or Tuesday, we ask you to hold back. And who would like to share on what was read this morning? Irene B. Irene. Cindy B. Cindy B. Loretta H. Ginger C. Loretta H. Ginger C. Couple more. Lisa G. Lisa G. Liz E. U. K. Liz Green. Okay. Oops, sorry, I missed somebody. <laughs> okay, there's two people and I can't hear either one. Sheer F. Maureen L. Maureen L. And I have to who F? Might have to spell your name. Okay. Um, hopefully, so what I have is Irene B, Cindy B, Loretta H, Ginger C, Lisa G, Liz E, somebody F, I think, and Maureen L. So Irene B, please get us started, followed by Cindy B. Good morning. Um, thank you all for your service, including all participants. Thank you for making this meeting possible. The spiritual experience, ah, wow. Um, there's that word revolutionary, revolution. 
someone shared yesterday that revolution means a radical change and radical meaning going to the roots. You know, it's not pruning on the outside. It is from the roots. And that really resonated with me because I was always told, oh, oh, my goodness, I'm Irene B., a recovered bulimic from Louisiana. <laughs> so I forgot to say that. I'm so excited. I'm sharing. I haven't shared in so long. Um, so for me, the roots are my problem. I was told that bulimia was a symptom of the problem. But I had to address the roots. Well, here we're talking about the roots. And the roots are what we call, for lack of better term, spiritual experience. And to me, this whole program is a spiritual experience. But for me, what spiritual experience has come to me to, to mean is when I can change the way that I think from the way that I think unconsciously. I have beliefs, my, the lies that I believe about myself and the world. They live in my unconscious mind. They're seared in there. I cannot access them. I talk about this repeatedly. And the reason I keep talking about it, because these are the roots of my problems. My food is not the problem. It was a solution. My entire life, this association is not my problem. It was the solution. It's what enabled me to survive in the world as a young person. These are my survival skills, what enabled me to survive. And it created some crazy beliefs. And all of this is fueled by all my cognitive distortion. It's only my thinking. It's my roots. And for me, a spiritual experience is every time I suddenly see something differently, believe something differently, that it, 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 I feel it in my blood. I feel it. I feel like I feel something physical in my body. Time. And I remember, oh, I'll just say that I haven't had one or two. I have multiple spiritual experiences because every time I change my thinking, it's a miracle that only God could do because I've tried with my mind to change my thinking and I can't. Only God can access the deep, deep parts of my prehistoric brain. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Irene B. And Cindy B., you're up, followed by Loretta H. Hi, I'm Cindy B. in Boston, a recovered compulsive overeater and bulimic, and I'm very grateful to be here. Thank you, uh, speaker. That was very inspiring, and thanks all for your service. Um, you know, for me, I was looking for God, and I didn't know that's what I was looking for, and I was looking in all the wrong places for God. Um, I really uh, love what this talks about um, in terms of spiritual experience and spiritual awakening. I actually really like the term awakening 
because it sounds ongoing. I've had intense spiritual experiences and still eaten. Um, I think that, you know, so did Bill W. had a intense spiritual experience and he still drank. Um, I think that, um, I think the hardest thing um, is persevering and, and daily, um, you know, daily upkeep. Uh, that that I think is what's really hard to have like an outrageous uh, experience and then go wow um, I've got it now um, for me I've I've fallen uh, from that so I really like just the spiritual awakening um, a little at a time and um, and that you know today um, my I think that. There's been there's just been a, an incredible traveling and and you know I just actually completed all my steps and one of my amends was to God and um, and I have you know living amends and I also uh, wrote a letter but I realized that I blame God for everything I didn't give God credit for you know all the things that um, were were beautiful in my life and you know that relationship as I have made it personal and quietly made it mine um, has, has affected my recovery more deeply than anything because I have, that's the, the being, that's the energy that I put my faith in every day when I say, you know, thy will not mine be done and help me not to struggle. And so with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Cindy B. And Loretta H., you're up, followed by Ginger C. Thank you, and thank you, everyone who does service. This is Loretta H. from North Carolina, and I also thank everybody for saving my life today, especially my God. Um, He finally realizes that he had undergone a profound alteration in his reaction to life. That change could hardly have been brought about by himself, and that's Kind of, uh, I initially had a spiritual experience with the first encounter with my Ebby. And uh, it was that I let her take my food. I finally let somebody else take my food. I was in control of it for 54 years. And that control and that contempt and it's my it was my ego the um contempt without investigation that is my ego and when i finally surrendered to that idea i did not have the awakening until of course i did the steps but the process of working the steps made me realize how many spiritual experiences i even had when i was in the food and how many times god saved a wretch like me um when I had such contempt for whatever it was that was bigger than me. And today with God's grace and the work in these steps and, of course, my fellow travelers, I get to experience an an awakening. You know, are you awake today? And I'm awake. I'm awake to the joy. I'm awake to the pain. I'm awake to all things. And with God's grace, my reality, no matter what it is, I will survive today if I take his hand, do his corrective directives, and, of course, clean house and work with others. And with that, I can 
get this spiritual experience every minute. I call it God sightings. I must have several of them right now just by being on this line and hearing everybody. So with that, I pass. And with God's grace today, I will follow the path with all of you. And hopefully, happy trails today. And I pass. Thank you, Loretta H. And Ginger C., you're up, followed by Lisa G. Good morning. Thank you for your service. This is Ginger C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. And I'm just laughing, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. Oh, my God. Thank God it works, though, people. That's the good news this morning. And it's working in God's timing, and that's the hard part because I'm a control freak. I want to manage and manipulate. I want to figure out life. And I got to be beaten into a state of reasonableness, and I got to be done. I got to be out of ideas. I don't know. I have no idea what to do. All I know is that I'm dying. Life was becoming impossible. I couldn't be in the food. I couldn't be out of the food. I didn't know where to go. And so we just don't give up no matter where we are. And most importantly, if you're recovered today, you continue, continue to practice this daily reprieve. That's all we have. But I love this contempt prior to investigation because that was my message in Alcoholics Anonymous. You would think I would have known the big book. It's the book that we're supposed to be studying on a daily basis. And I would have nothing to do with it, nothing. And thank God this God doesn't give up because I was brought to this Virginia Beach convention, not wanting to go, and I was pretty blown away. I thought I was in a Miss America pageant because these ladies are wearing these satsas, or uh, I can't even think what it is. If somebody knows the word, shout it out. Um, But they had these things around themselves, and it said the power of the big book. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? The power of the big book. And that was the title of this convention. That's what they were shouting at the top. And then, thank God, again, I was beaten and willing to go to any lengths for victory because I got into the clear-cut directions. I started reading this book and with someone who the problem had been solved. And that unsuspected inner resource started to come alive. And most importantly, I stopped eating. And I did so happily. I wasn't fighting it. It wasn't a white-knuckled abstinence that sucked. It was freedom. It was neutrality. I didn't care about food. I still don't care about food five years later. So I have two jobs. The roots have to be in the soil and the reed has to be in the water. It's a practical program of action. It's not what I'm thinking. It's what I'm doing. I have to have two deaths. I had to have the death with the food. And now I do the death with self, this ego. But man, when I'm close and connected, I remain safe and protected from the greatest nightmare that still scares me today. And that's the return to the greatest lie that somehow, some way I'll be able to eat like a normal person and I'll return to that first bite. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ginger C. And Lisa G, you're up, followed by Liz E. Hi, my name is Lisa G, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, I'm very new to this specific program, so I'm going to keep what I'm saying short. I just, I am not new to 12-step programs, and I know that if I don't share and engage, I'm not going to get as much out of it, but I just want to say thank you, everybody, and um, that I definitely, definitely believe that 
a higher power is working through everybody in this meeting, and I'm super, super grateful for these types of meetings during this time. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lisa G. And Liz E., you're up. And I, there was somebody between Liz and Maureen. Um, I thought their last initial was F. So hopefully after Liz shares, um, that person will identify themselves. So Liz E., please share with us. Um, good morning. Good afternoon. My name is Liz E. for Elegant from the UK. Thank you very much to everybody on the line for your service. Really appreciate it. And Happy New Year because I won't be obviously sharing before the end of the year again. This, para, this, this is just amazing. And really, for any newcomers on the call, I want to encourage you to kind of understand just this is what you've got to look forward to. And mine is certainly of the educational variety. Last week, you know, Christmas Day, I had a really bumpy day, which is really challenging because you know, you're supposed to have the most amazing time, aren't you? And for a range of reasons, I didn't. And I was really off. I was really uh, disturbed and I could not pinpoint it. So I was able to reach out, speak to fellows, speak to my sponsor. And through that and through connecting with my higher power, I have got had an educational variety of the spiritual kind in the last few days that's helped me shine a light on my character defects and how they get in the way of me doing life and why I'm so unmanageable and why my life is so unmanageable. And I was able to make a connection around something that I could not see for myself. But through this amazing program, I have had this amazing change and, um, you know, people are saying to me, Liz, you kind of are a bit different. So people do notice. And it's just amazing. And the gift of studying the words, the, the commas, the full stops of this uh, big book are just uh, amazing. And um, I'm having to put, you know, he can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. So having to be humble, to listen to people. And the other thing that learning is that the most counterintuitive thing is doing service, getting out of my head. I try and figure things out. And that is not right. I need to hand it over to my higher power and guess what? Life is getting better on a daily basis. And do you know what? I only have to do this program today. And that is just amazing. And it is by the grace of God and real help in this Vision for You program in this pandemic that I have found a new level of recovery. I'm available for sponsoring. If anybody wants, I'm Liz E in the UK. And I will leave it there. Thank you. Thank you, Liz E. And if someone was, I, all I got was the last initial F prior to Maureen L. Hi, this is Sheer F. Thank you for you hearing me. Oh, Sheer, C-H, tell me, spell S-H- for me. It's S-H-I-R. S-H-I-R. Terrific. Please share with us. 
Thank you so much. Um, yeah, so this this topic is really my, the well, it's the bottom line of the program, obviously. I had had such negative experiences with religion in my early life that I really didn't want to come to OA because Here we lost you. Star one. Sorry about that. That's weird. Oh, yep. Go um, ahead. <laughs> anyway, um, I had not wanted to come to the program because of the God thing, um, but because I had had such bad experiences early on. But I have this. It's the thing that has made my life um, livable and wonderful. It's made it possible for me to grow. I mean, I think my maturity level was stunted at around age 10, which was when my food addiction really took over. And it was only, you know, 20-something years later when I came into program that I started to grow up. And I love the distinction between the spiritual experience and the spiritual awakening. Um, And that's something I've only just gotten this week listening to podcasts and listening to this meeting. Um, I've had a couple spiritual experiences, but they weren't like the, oh, my God, you know, God is real, angels coming from everywhere. And so they weren't, I knew they were real, but I didn't know what they meant. But the awakening has come slowly over the 20 years that I've been in program and OA has become my spiritual practice. You know, I don't go to church. I don't go to synagogue. I don't, you know, I I don't call myself a member of any religion. But if I don't have an OA meeting at least once a week, I haven't done my fellowship with my fellow spiritual practitioners. And, you know, I now pray, even though I don't know what I'm praying to. All I know is that it works. Um, It keeps me abstinent. It keeps me sane. And I'm finally to a point where I might actually be starting to be useful to other people, and that's really exciting to me. So I thank you all for being there, and have a happy new year. I pass. Thank you, Sheer F. And Maureen L., you're up. Hi, I'm Maureen from Massachusetts. I hope I can be heard. I don't often share on this call, but grateful for all who do service on it. Um, I came to program pretty churchy. I had gone to religious schools my whole educational life to the extent that when I went to college, I really didn't, I still wear navy blue all the time because I got so accustomed to wearing navy every day. It's still my favorite color. And I met my husband through church. I, I sang in church choirs for years and years and did year volunteer work after college as part of my uh, religious uh, formation and I, I, I felt like God was really important to me, and I dragged four children to church weekly, and so church was kind of an anchor in my life. But um, my relationship with God was not, and I was still abusing my body with food. There was a, a great disconnect. I just didn't see any correlation between a religious practice and kind of the daily exercise of my life and eating God. And a lot of my life has come pretty easy to me, and. Uh, food did not, and it took a long time before taking the first three steps in this program that I am really surrendering to the fact that this is just, this is who I am at root as an addict, and that's either in recovery or it's in the food, but either way, that's as, that's as um, big a part of me as the freckles on my face, 
and so I, um, when I came to the program and I got some sense of recovery, I began to just really experience the need for God and or higher power, or at least a belief that I could not be in charge. And I didn't want an eating disorder. I didn't want a fellowship. I didn't want to need this program. But in a way now, after being here for a few years, I'm grateful for it because I think without my eating disorder and my need um, for help in this area, I wouldn't need, uh, I'd still be in charge of all aspects of my life. I'd still be the God of everything in my life. And I'm not now. I desperately need a higher power to get me through the day. I start my day on my knees and I end it on my knees nearly every day. And the only prayer I have is that I be abstinent that day. And I'm grateful for having been abstinent. And when I am in both of those things, then I'm okay. Um, And everything else in the day has been better as a result of it. And so, um, you know, I'm just grateful that there's a solution that today, hopefully as yesterday, I will not live in my addiction. And the only reason is that is because it's not for anything that I did, because I certainly tried to study and think and read my way out of this. It's just that daily reliance on something greater than me to restore me to some degree of sanity and usefulness. So thank you to everyone on this line who shares. And uh, for those who do service, with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Maureen L. And before I take another list of names, we have been directed from page 25, the, the asterisk um, on the second paragraph directs us to Appendix 2, which is on page 567, Spiritual Experience. And we've read, read it in its entirety, and we're sharing on all eight paragraphs. So who else would like to share? Linda D. Linda D. Deanna P. Deanna P. Barbara P. Barbara P. Mati M. Mati M. Anybody else? Katie V. Christine G. Katie V. And Christine G. Okay, let's, that's a great list. Um, so I have Linda D, Deanna P, Barbara P, Matty M, uh, Katie V, and Christina. I hope it's Christina G. Okay, Linda D, you're up. Good morning, everybody. It's Linda D from Connecticut, and I am thrilled and grateful, grateful, grateful to be a recovered compulsive overeater for about seven years. Okay, um, now I have a glimpse after being in the program since I was 38 and I'm 76. Um, now I have a glimpse of what life is about. Life is about love. This is love 101, what it is. Well, I may think I know what that is. After all, I love this one and that one and my dog and whatnot. Uh, life might have been very easy for me. In some ways it was, in most ways it wasn't, because I crashed and burned when I was very, very young, like 22. And I have received, because of this program, 
amazing spiritual experiences that are dazzling, white light stuff, like some people have, their gifts. And um, I was given the gift through the program of all the awakenings. A lot of it has to do with, um, of course, it's all based in the steps. And something that's very important, surrender. Over and over and over. Giving up any idea that I have of, I know what I'm doing. I can do that. I don't need you to tell me that. I do. I need to learn how to live. How to live in love. Every day now, I know if I'm in a good place and I have to put myself in that good place by surrendering, I have to, um, I should say I was an atheist. I, I don't know if I said that. That's a big deal to me. I was such a smart ass. Uh, because, my God, I'm an intellectual. I've been to school. <laughs> well, BS on that. Anyway, that doesn't work. But I don't want it to be irrational, whatever it is. It has nothing to do with intellectual or, and it isn't irrational. It's, it's intuitive. And it's inside. Now I know God is inside. And I know God is love. Not as just loving, but is love. And it is within me. So I said to my sponsor yesterday, something major, of major importance to me. One day I realized that where I stand is sacred ground. And it's not just the earth. That's a big deal. The earth is a big deal to me. But where I stand, I am sacred ground. It is imperative that I learn how to love me and you and everyone and everything. How could I learn that? Like, How could I learn that without God? I can't. I thank you. I passed. Thank you, Linda D. And Deanna P., you're up, followed by Barbara P. Deanna P., press star one. We can't hear you. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you for your service. This is Deanna P. from Wilmington, Delaware. Um, currently at the beach, Bethany Beach. It's, it's cold, but beautiful. Um, I really have enjoyed this reading. When I first read this, and I'm, I'm newly recovered um, and uh, very green to the program, but when I first read this um, appendix, I was like, wow. Um, the couple lines that stand out to me, he finally realizes that he has undergone a profound alteration in his reaction to life, that such a change could hardly have been brought about by himself alone. What often takes place in a few months could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. And prior to coming into program, I, I was super blessed. I, um, I came and come from um, a profound faith, um, not just born out of Religion, although, you know, I certainly went to church, but I was taught very early on um, that religion was what man did to try to get to God, um, but spirituality is what God does to get to us. And if we're open, he will come. And um, so very, very early on, 
at the age of six, I had a very profound um, moment, uh, experience with God of tenderness and intimacy that really has carried me through my whole lifetime. But I still, of course, um, developed this addiction, crippling addiction. And when I came into program, um, right before I came in, I knew that I had come as far as I could go with God. And I wanted to go further. And I was like, God, I want to come home to my body. And I'm trapped in this body that I hate. I'm trapped in a mind that is broken. And I, I'm fractured. My soul is fractured. And please help me. And he just said, go to OA. Just like that. And I didn't hesitate. And I came in the rooms and I didn't realize that, you know, even though I'd had these profound spiritual experiences, um, I was reserved everything on my plate um, for me. And I was agnostic um, with my food and later found out I was agnostic in my reactions to life. And after my fifth step, for the first time in my whole spiritual experience, I realized that I'd had a profound alteration in my reactions to life. And I learned from um, Harlan G about that we have this emotional buildup that causes us to have these irrational reactions to life. And that I needed more than anything, a spiritual experience of an educational variety that would not only be, you know, I've had these wonderful spiritual experiences, but I can tell you having had those, I wouldn't trade what I have now, which is a slow educational variety for anything in the world because it is directly impacting how I show up to the world. And so, um, yeah, that's what I want to share today. Thank you all for your shares. I grow so much. Thank you. Thank you, Deanna P. And Barbara P., you're up, followed by Matty M., Good morning, everybody. This is Barbara P., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in the Atlanta area. And, well, it's been really powerful shares this morning. What most definitely stood out to me was this almost second, I guess, second to last paragraph. Most emphatically, we wish to say that any addict, any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problems uh, in the light of our experience can recover, can recover, provided so here's the warning, he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. He can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. And that popped right off the page in neon for me because that's where I came in. And I, I think I still spent decades in a way thinking that my inability to get this spiritual part was why I was relapsing. I really believe that, I, and I tried, but this open mind that they're talking about is so critical, and I was belligerent. I still can get really dug in on what I think I know and why I have this, you know, just uh, arrogance about that, and, and this, I think today I know I was afraid. I truly was afraid to let go, and I was afraid it wouldn't work for me. There was fear underlying my belligerence about spirituality. And I'm really reminded, it always strikes me, but I've been working with a sponsee lately who's helping me see my own, um, you know, still just remember where I came in. In this page 12 where Bill says, uh, 
It melted the icy intellectual mountain in whose shadow I had lived and shivered many years. I stood in the sunlight at last. You know, standing in that intellectual mountain, just thinking why that's impossible, why that won't work, all the negatives when people said just follow the steps. Like that simple. Don't worry about spirituality, just do the steps. And I did, and I will tell you today, I am more amazed than anyone that it worked. I still don't understand how it works, but I know it worked. And today I have a relationship with a power greater than myself. Like I said, I'm more baffled than anyone uh, that it works, but it does. And I really just had to put aside the fear that it wouldn't work. I had to try, and I only did that because there was no other paths. Every door had shut, and I was desperate. Um, so, yeah, I I had nothing to lose, and I think that's where Bill found himself too. I, I if that's where you are today, like why not? You don't have to believe anything. I just had to stop denying. I had to stop fighting. So anyway, with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much for letting me share. Thank you, Barbara P. And Matthew M., you are up, followed by Katie B. Matty M., we can't hear you. Press star one. Can you hear me now? I can. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Um, I'm Matty M. from Tucson, Arizona. And I'm a grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater. And I uh, really appreciate all the shares this morning. And in this chapter, um, I like that it clarifies that, number one, a spiritual experience, it's not like a burning bush or angels dancing around. (laughs) that it evolves, and that's what I have felt over the years, that my relationship with God has evolved and continues to evolve. And the work that I need to do um, with the steps and abstinence, and uh, like it says at the end of the appendix, honesty, openness, and willingness are really keys um, to my relationship with God. I was very fortunate that I grew up in a house where God was loving. It wasn't a punitive God. And um, one of my formative experiences was sitting next to my grandfather in temple. Uh, I was probably around eight and I was getting frustrated uh, because I couldn't read the book Uh, the prayer book in Hebrew. And so he hugged me, he kissed me, and he said, Mati, God understands all languages. All you have to do is get quiet and talk from your heart. So that was wonderful that he did this. But years later, um, and especially when I started OA, I couldn't think of God standing in between me and the refrigerator late at night. I really, he wasn't there initially. So part of my surrender was when I started asking God, 
at the beginning of my abstinence. God, please help me stop. God, please help me not to have another serving. Please close, close the refrigerator door, etc. And um, uh, one uh, of my um, uh, spiritual guides, um, uh, meditation teachers, uh, Rabbi Shlomo Schwartz, said to me, well, said to a class that God only needs the opening of a needle. That's how small our opening can be initially for his love to come into our hearts. And when I do the third step prayer in the morning, I literally uh, prostate and say, you know, I put things in your hands, you know, dear God, even though I may take him back an hour later. (laughs) Anyway, thank you. Thank you, Matty M. And Katie V, you'll be our last share this morning. You have two minutes. And Christina G, I hope you'll stay around for the second hour to share. So Katie V, please share. Hi, uh, it's Katie V, recovering in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, good morning, everybody. Um, wow, yeah, I'm I'm really thrilled that we're reading this. Um, and uh, my heart feels like it's pounding talking about God. Uh my experience, my spiritual experience, um, I came in with a God, you know, and when it was like, okay, read chapter four, I was like, I don't need that. I'm not agnostic. Like I'm chilling. I have God. And, um, but I had the God of my childhood that was judgmental and fear-based told me I was stupid, you know, and I realized as I investigated it, it sounded much more like my parents than it did God. And, um, this amazing woman I worked with in program told me that God was just love and that broke my brain. I was like, what do you mean love? And then I was like, well, what is love then? You know, that was the question of my entire life. How can I get love? What is it? How can I get it? It was material that I could have in my hands, you know? And, and then I heard someone say that love was just unselfishness and something changed in me. And I begin to just, try to show up for others in a new way to show up unselfishly. And I'm only about five months in program, but um, the person I am today is not the person I was five months ago. And it's only because I have a new God who's just love, who just loves me and loves me so much. He gave me this program. Doesn't want me to suffer anymore. Said, I see you. I saw you all those years. I'm here. I've always been here. And I love you. Look what I can do. You know, it's amazing. And I'm just so grateful for this program, for everybody on this line, for all the teachers and everybody who just brings themselves unselfishly and gives to others. Because when we give to each other, we give to God. So thank you very much for letting me share. I hope everyone has a great day. Thank you, KDB, and thank you to everyone who shared today. Thank you, Team Wednesday, for your service. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Wednesday, December 30th, 2020, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 16,097. That's 16097. 
We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Larry Kay please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Sure. Um, Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.